the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. It is a Tuesday, and it's uh, a day that, boy, oh boy, I do think I have two pounds of show stuffed into a one-pound show bag. This is going to be a tough one. We're going to have to try and work to get it all in, but I'm sure we can get out the big shoehorn. We, we have work to do on this August 8th, 2017. First of all, uh, before I get into uh, a, a very important update from a story we led with yesterday, I need to make you aware of a couple of things that are going on. Uh, just about an hour ago, we got reports from the Pentagon that uh, an Iranian drone got within 100 feet, not 100 yards, 100 feet of an American fighter jet as it was attempting to land on the deck of a carrier. Now, what that says to me is two things. That the Iranians have drones within 100 feet or very close to our aircraft carriers in the Persian Gulf. Why the hell aren't we shooting those drones out of the sky? This is not the first time they did this last year, too. We got to stop this bad behavior right where it is. I know they're going to say it's a provocation. The provocation is the proximity of the drone near the aircraft carrier and or the fighter jet. That's the provocation. And nobody's going to die if you shoot a drone out of the sky. However, a drone, which we all know is capable of carrying uh, weapons, because we use weaponized drones all the time, a drone is capable of killing or damaging the aircraft carrier and or the fighter jet. So let's cut the Bravo Sarah and let's take care of business and let's show Iran that we're not going to take this crap. I know I'm sounding like some kind of warmonger today, but this is just infuriating. An Iranian drone within 100 feet of a Navy jet trying to land on an aircraft carrier in the Persian Gulf. Stop it. Stop it now. Okay, rant over. A lot to talk about today. Some of it real heavy, some of it real light. Uh, all of it vital in terms of my mind. And uh, we're going to try and, like I said, squeeze it all in today. If you want to join the conversation, the numbers are 888 Yesterday on this show and yesterday on the Glenn Beck program, the topic was, for a time, Procter & Gamble and this, this new video they put out just about a week or so ago. It's got 1.7 million, probably close to 2 million hits now. It's called The Talk. And it's meant to have a conversation starter between, I guess, parents and children, black and white, about racism in America. And I took exception with a part of it, well, a couple parts of it, that appeared to make law enforcement, to paint law enforcement with broad strokes saying that basically law enforcement were bad and that all law enforcement's going to stop you and pull you over. Now, I, I'm a white guy from Chicago. 
Yeah, I grew up on the south side. We moved to the suburbs. But I'm a white guy on south side of Chicago. But when I got my driver's license, I remember the talk my parents had with me. And it was pretty much a follow-up of talks we'd had all through our life about law and order and cops. And that you, you just be smart and behave yourself and respect them. Because one day you're going to need them. I remember my mom saying that. One day you're going to need that person. So anyway, as I'm looking at this PNG video, I stumble into a YouTube channel of a guy named Mike the Cop, who is in law enforcement, who has worked in law enforcement for the, the better part of uh, eight years, I think it is. Here's a guy who is, puts on the badge every day, puts on the vest every day, works in Michigan. Somebody that, you know, when these guys, men and women go to work every day, they have no idea if they're coming home or if they're going to run into that situation in Las Vegas like we saw yesterday, the video we, we played yesterday, where the one officer took a bullet in his shoulder, went out his back. The other officer, thank God, the bullet struck his duty belt and was deflected in the middle of the day from a guy they were stopping to ask why he was sleeping in a neighborhood in his truck. So, yeah, I have a lot of respect and a lot of, a lot of um, support for law enforcement. And we tracked down Mike the cop, and he's joining us uh, today via Skype. Mike, welcome to the program, sir. How are you? I'm excellent. Thanks for having me. You're, you're, you're very welcome. I want to encourage people to check you out because I think you spit the truth, sir. I think when your YouTube channel is out there and it's Mike the cop on YouTube, you should check him out. That, uh, you know, I, I appreciate the fact that, A, you're, you're strong enough in your beliefs to do this and that what, whatever law enforcement agency you belong to hasn't said cut it out. Or at least I don't think they have. Have they? No, not yet. Uh, I've been really fortunate. And I think that uh, the work, the groundwork we laid, like going, going back a couple of years of just being involved in social media has helped. So I've, I've kind of like built some trust uh, with the agencies that I'm connected to. Well, you, you also don't sound like a guy who just goes off half-cocked, not to use a gun uh, analogy here, but you do seem to think out where you're going, and your, your, your production is direct without being profane. It is powerful without, again, being uh, vulgar, and I think that probably weighs into some of the latitude they give you, and I'm, I'm kind of happy to hear that. Now, have you heard well, from Procter & Gamble or anyone related to that, that video on this? Have I spoken to anybody directly from Procter & Gamble? No, I've had a few people that work for Procter & Gamble that have reached out to me to describe sort of like the conditions or, or mindset that, that they see the company having, but uh, no one from the company has reached out to me directly. Well, it's interesting. And in, in, in um, the interest of full disclosure, I have to tell you, Mike, for almost 20 years, my wife worked for P&G uh -huh. and kind of, kind of indirectly because she was a soap opera writer. And when you write soap operas, no matter what television network they appear on, you are paid by Procter & Gamble. You are an employee of P&G and not necessarily NBC or CBS or ABC. So um, a long history of understanding the size of the company and how it does operate. And it's a very tight company in terms of controls. So I... Yeah, Go ahead. Well, if they do reach out to you, I'd love to hear if there's a reaction. But I, I think, you know, your take on this, Mike, 
as you watched as you watched this this section of this this video the talk where the mother gets into the car with the young daughter and and basically says she's worried about her coming home because she might have an encounter with law enforcement what was your first reaction <laughs> well, my first reaction is, is ultimately what came came through in the video, which was just imagine if that situation was reversed. Imagine if police officers had this conversation at at roll call or briefing before they hit the road and and were encouraging each other to be safe around black people. I mean, it was just mind boggling to me how how they could throw that out there um, and the inference to me the implication of what was being said seemed very clear in the context of that video. Um, and if, if we were to do the same thing, um, how would that go over? And I think, I think the answer to that is also fairly obvious that would go over, uh, like a lead balloon, obviously. Yeah. Fu- yeah. You'd be so, fired. So fired, you know, that's all, that's all it, it wouldn't even be desk duty between me and another officer encouraging us to just be careful around all the black people. I would absolutely face discipline up to and including termination. It's uh, it's just astounding. We're talking to Mike the Cop. He is Mike the Cop on YouTube. If you want to see the clip, we played a little bit of it yesterday. Uh, you also have an Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook accounts. Are they all Mike the Cop as well? Yeah, if you look up Mike the Cop on any of those, you'll, you'll stumble upon me. They, they each have slightly different usernames because Mike is a pretty common name for cops, apparently. <laughs> Mike is a pretty common name for everybody. I can tell you that growing up as a Mike. You know, come on. That's, that's good. So, Mike, uh, has the video caught any momentum, any fire after, after the, uh, the last couple of days of media attention? Uh, I mean, I think that uh, it's grow. It continues to get a lot of views on Facebook and and continues to grow every day on YouTube. And you can never predict in social media which ones are going to to catch and which ones aren't. So you just kind of keep keep doing your thing and put out the content. And uh, you just you can never predict it may it may pick up steam three months from now when the issue is revisited again. So you just never know. Well, as a guy who's been in law enforcement for eight years, as a guy who's worked in parts of Michigan Michigan that have uh, a pretty balanced and sometimes uh, less than balanced uh, racial profile. You know, you've got you've got healthy mixes in different communities in Michigan over the last, say, three or four years when we witnessed Ferguson, when we witnessed some of the tension in Baltimore. How is how is the area you're working in holding up in terms of the divide that we see in some of the bigger cities in the country? Well, I think that the, I think Ferguson, you mentioned, is, is an absolute watershed moment. I, I, I liken the Ferguson situation um, to the same media attention that, you know, going back to Rodney King, how mm-hmm. that that was a huge, a huge uh, defining moment in the law enforcement community relations. Um, I think in this case of Ferguson, it was um, a, an example of how things have changed in the media and how they report things as well. But I I find personally that the day-to-day issues are not much different um, for law enforcement officers. And I would hazard to guess that that, that's probably true across the country. Uh, There are probably pockets of places in which there are 
um, heightened tensions between law enforcement and and certain members of, of their communities that they're serving. But for the most part, the reality continues to be that most citizens uh, have a respect for law enforcement and the overwhelming majority of law enforcement have uh, nothing but respect for the people they encounter, even when they're arresting them. Uh, I think that the battle that I feel like I'm fighting is one of perception, that uh, it's commercials like Procter & Gamble put out that continue to utilize race as a means of not only marketing, uh, but to continue to perpetuate false notions about what those relationships actually are uh, on the day-to-day in most people's lives. And and that's what's unfortunate, is it's built on a lie. Well, 100% spot on, if I can say that, to our, our guest, Mike the Cop. You're absolutely right. This is pushing a false narrative, but it's also trying to use that false narrative as a marketing tool to hyper-serve one demographic. And I wonder if they fully understand the risk they put at, at keeping the support or or the consumers in the other demographics on their side. And I, I you and I have the same perception of law enforcement. And I think yours is more accurate because you're out there in the middle of it, that law enforcement generally like like society, it's a tiny, tiny percentage of bad folks out there. And those are the ones right. that get all the attention when the people doing the good job, the people who are behaving themselves and acting correctly and respecting the the rules of our society are the ones who never get any credit so exactly. i'm glad you're standing up and uh supporting law enforcement as visually and verbally as you do mike the cop find him on youtube find him on facebook instagram and twitter mike i hope you'll consider uh, the blaze and the blaze radio a friendly place should you need to get the message out absolutely appreciate it thank you sir be safe and take care thank you there he goes. Mike the Cop opening up the show just to follow up from yesterday. I'm very happy and very uh, pleased that that gentleman decided to spend some time with us. When we get back, oh, we'll check the headlines. There's a whole bunch of weird stuff. Plus, plus, I, I have a question today, a vital question that I think is going to really, um, well, I think it's going to be quite engaging. We'll deal with it next. I'm Pure Opelka. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. One of the things we like to do on this show is to kind of test test your opinions and talk to you and and one of that one of that little an offshoot of that idea is to ask a vital question every day and we use the hashtag vital question and then i try to ask something that typically is not vital but it is a question just to see where you stand on things for example yesterday we asked a question about tattoos we asked a question to see if where you stood on tattoos, because a lot of people have them, a lot of people don't, people love them, people hate them. And yesterday, 28% of you said on the subject of tattoos, love them and have them. 37% of you don't have tattoos, but you're fine with them. So that means like 65% of this audience is okay with tattoos. 
35% do not have tattoos and do not like them, Sam I am. But so today's vital question deals with a story I was looking at uh, just before we came on the air. It's a story about airlines and airline industries. The airlines are looking for ways to save money all the time. All the time they're looking to save money. And, and guess what they're doing? They're looking at using artificial intelligence and self-flying planes. Now check this out. According to a report on CNN Money, the airline industry could save an estimated, it's staggering this number, $35 billion a year by, by getting out of the business of having planes with pilots in them. $35 billion a year. You know when you tell an industry that they could save tens of billions of dollars by implementing a new technology, it's a race to see who can get there first. Think about it. You'd never have to wait for a crew because the crew you were, you were uh, using on your plane had exceeded the limits, you know, the human limits that the FAA puts on pilots and flight attendants, etc. You never have to worry about a pilot getting hammered and getting on the plane. Pilot error becomes a thing of the past, doesn't it? Well, UBS, the financial firm UPS, did this report that put all this out. The biggest problem of the uh, remote-controlled planes, which they anticipate will be here by 2025. The biggest problem is not the fact of the technology, but the, the idea of it doesn't exactly sit well with travelers. So I want to know, where are you on this? Where do you stand on, on the, uh, the idea of getting on a plane without a pilot? They are coming. It's 2017. They're anticipating 2025 with pretty much a, 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 full, a, a full component or full complement of planes for different airlines of different sizes in the skies by 2030. We're 13 years away from this. Would you buy a ticket on an airline using pilotless planes? Currently, and it's very early voting, really early, but I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, 9% of you say yes. 73% of you are saying no. And I, if I think I added the words hell no, I think that would be in there too. 18% of you are kind of on the bubble. I want to see it in place for a few years before I'm doing it. You know what? Let's have, let's have a package delivery service on those planes for a little while. We know the AI is going to have the trucks on the road doing deliveries very soon. Why not in the skies? That's another job going away. Airline pilots. Would you buy a ticket on an airline using pilotless planes? It's on uh, the Twitter, at StuntBrain. Join the conversation, 888-900-3393. We'll be right back. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network.
Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. I was just keeping an eye on something here, and I, I, I can't help but comment on this. For the last 24 hours, maybe the last 12 hours, most intense, intensely, CNN and MSNBC have been all caught up in these new poll numbers. New poll numbers. And they lead at the top of the hour saying that Americans don't trust the president or anything coming out of the White House. And, and the numbers aren't good. Trump's numbers in the first 200 days, he's, he's down in, in some pretty historic territory. But then at the bottom of the hour, after they've beaten up the president for half an hour, CNN comes out with this new poll that says 53% of the people say things are going well in the country. Gee, where, where is that? Why did it take till the bottom of the hour, till, till you've gotten everybody to tune out to get to the fact that a majority, an overwhelming majority. If somebody won the presidency with 53% of the vote, we'd say there was a, a huge presidential victory. This is a big deal. 53% of the people are saying the country's, things are going pretty well in the country. So d- don't necessarily believe the hype on the negative feelings about the president. Yeah, there are people that have issues with him. I have issues with him. But I want the agenda, the conservative agenda, to get pushed forward. I want tax reform. I want a fix on health care. Repeal, replace. You know, we got, we got to get this business going. And there are things out there that worry me, especially when 53% of the, of the country says things are going well, but we also know we have this gigantic debt bubble that is looming. We owe more money individually. You and I owe more money in our credit cards and our car loans and our college loans and our mortgages than we did as the economy was about to burst in 27 and 28 you remember? Yeah, well, all of that, all of those lessons we learned about getting rid of debt, well, they're, they're not so, uh, they're not so permanent, I guess you could say. Now, I'm somebody who absolutely got destroyed in my 401k when the market crumbled, and I've learned my lesson, and I am much smarter, I believe. My credit card debt is... Uh, It's zero. I pay everything off every month, but it took me like I'm sure it would take or if it took you years to do. You don't fix it in in a couple of months. You have to take time and make a plan and cut your spending and and shave down those balances. But how many credit cards do you have and how close are you to maxing out any one credit card if you have more than one? And how wise is that? I'm, I'm just saying there, there, is, there is a little bit of danger on the horizon if we don't get smart. There's a little bit of uh, concern in, in the uh, postings of some of the people who we respect in the economic world. Credit, credit is a ticking time bomb if you don't do it wisely. 
So a lot of people went into debt and bought stuff and had consumer confidence because of Trump hoping that we were going to get this tax cut. And what happens if you don't get that tax cut? Can you afford all that stuff you talked about and the stuff you went out and bought? Can you? It's kind of interesting to watch this. 53% of us feel like the country's going the right way and things are going well. And yet we have this massive debt bubble that's out there. Talk about something that could block out the sun. You know, we're just, we're less than uh, two weeks away, 13 days away from the eclipse on the 21st. This debt could be the the eclipse. You want to talk about a total eclipse of the economy. Whether it's the student loans, the mortgage loans, the credit card debt, or the car loans. Where are you? Are you being smart? Grandma Opelka used to say, be smart for yourself. Be smart for yourself. If you have zero debt, if you get down to a point where you are you are not relying on credit cards, you don't have a credit card that's maxed out, and you're able to start putting money away in whatever form it is, in the bank, in cash, in your home, which you should have a little cash stash, even if it starts with 10 bucks in an envelope in the back of your underwear drawer this week, or if you're buying metals, which maybe 10% of your money should be there, or Bitcoin, maybe there's something there. I'm just saying, as, as we look, as the stock market is, is riding, what, what is it, nine or 10 days of record territory, nine or 10 days in a row, it's at 22,148 and 17 cents today. If we look at that, if we absolutely look at that and say, how long can that continue? How long can that that line keep going up? Because it's gone up since the election. It's gone up since since the president was elected. The stock market has been on a rocket. And I'm just saying, Grandma Opelka would tell us all, be smart for yourself. Be smart for yourself. I know. I, I could get, I get into grandma stuff, and we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, a couple other topics we have to get to today. I'm kind of feeling sad for Sinead O'Connor. No, no, don't, don't, don't say it. I know. She did it to herself. Yes, that's true. And if you haven't heard, Sinead O'Connor... The uh, singer, she's the one who gave us the massive hit of the Prince-written song, Nothing Compares to You. Sinead O'Connor then went on to offend just about everybody in this country. She went on Saturday Night Live and held up a picture of the Pope and tore it in half and said, fight the real power. And so she was persona non grata after tearing up a picture of the Pope. And then she went to uh, do a concert, perform a concert in New Jersey and would not let them play the American National Anthem before she performed. She didn't want that to happen. And how ironic is it that the place she ticked off, the place where she ticked off the entire country, the state of New Jersey, is the place that Sinead O'Connor is having her, her meltdown. Yesterday, in case you, you didn't hear it, yesterday, Sinead O'Connor 
released a, uh, a video, posted this kind of rambling video, this 12-minute video talking about her mental illness and talking about suicide. And she's living in a, a, a kind of a flea-baggy, a travel lodge, okay? It's not, it's not what you would think somebody who had multiple hits and I think she's got a couple of Grammys. But somebody's staying in a travel lodge in New Jersey. And she didn't have nice things to say about it either. She's in South Hackensack, New Jersey. Just, I think this lady has some problems. But you got to feel for Sinead O'Connor. So, good luck to you, Sinead. We hope you get your stuff straightened out. But you know what? I know a lot of you are saying things about her and insulting her. She tore up a picture of the Pope on TV, and then she didn't want America to be honored by the singing of the national anthem before her show. Bad decisions, decisions I don't support. But when someone's fighting mental illness and talking about suicide, I think we have to be the people that say, we hope you're okay. We hope you get your head screwed on right. I'm just saying. Okay, now you can yell at me. Michael Pelka on Puro Pelka. Come on back. We'll get more into the news of the day next. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. Uh, breaking news, the uh, Washington Post is reporting that the American intelligence community has concluded North Korea is making missile-ready nuclear warheads. Now, what does this mean? What, 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 what does this mean? This means they have miniaturized the warheads, because that's the problem. When you make a nuke, you have to be able to make a miniaturized version of it so it can fit on top of that intercontinental ballistic missile. Now, that news is disturbing on one level, but we have to remember there's still another part of this that has to be solved. And I'm sure the North Koreans are working on it, and that is the re-entry because the intercontinental ballistic missile goes up through the atmosphere and it has to come back in. And if you don't get that part right, it blows up on reentry, which, you know, I don't think that's a good idea either. Having nuclear tipped intercontinental ballistic missiles trying to come back through the atmosphere. I'm just saying not exactly the best idea. But according to this report, just breaking now from the Pentagon, the intelligence community concludes North Korea is, in fact, making missile-ready nuclear warheads. I anticipate some more action out of the U.N. and a statement, obviously, from, from the president sometime today. He's not on vacation. He's just working in the Bedminster, New Jersey White House. <laughs> and he might be playing a little golf in between. But uh, this is disturbing news. This is not good. It's not exactly on par with 
Russia unloading missiles in Cuba 90 miles from American shores. But it's disturbing when you think of this idiot having this kind of technology at his disposal. You know, he could hit China, Japan, South Korea, Russia, Alaska, Hawaii, so many different places. And even just just trying to uh, assemble that, I think, would bring a reaction. So keep an eye. We will, we will keep you abreast of this story. Uh, also, before we wrap up this first hour, we do have a vital question of the day today that is up and rolling. And some of you have already jumped on it today. Some of you have jumped on and shared your opinions. The question is, would you buy a ticket on an airplane using pilotless planes for an air? Let's say United wakes up and says, these pilotless planes are perfect. They're just like big drones. Now, I wonder, I wonder if they're going to have robot flight attendants, too. I wonder if we're going to have robot flight attendants coming down or maybe everybody's going to get their their meal package handed to them when they get on the plane. You know the people in first class are going to demand extra treatment. And I think you have to have somebody on that plane, a human on that plane, in case the humans also on board are misbehaving. But now we've let's just say we've eliminated the pilots, saving upwards of $35 billion for the entire industry. You would hope that would make the price of air travel a lot cheaper. Uh, We all know that even when gas prices went down, ticket prices didn't really go down to match that. And guess what? Uh, Those luggage fees pretty much did not go away because the airlines figured out we were used to it. It's like a tax. A tax never goes away. But that's the question of the day. Would you buy a ticket on an airplane using on an airline using pilotless planes because they, in fact, are on the way? And uh, your reactions to this are typically brilliant. Jeff Thomas, 14, on Twitter says, I could imagine if there was just one person instead of a crew eventually. Of course, then I'd want them ultra qualified, just in case. Well, of course. Uh, The Her TMB's voice responded, where's the hell no option? I would pick that one. Victor Martin, who is uh, at Porkchop217400 on Twitter. I want to know about that name. Victor Martin replies, brought to us by the industry that can't transport luggage to the same destination. What about the Delta computer system crash? Not me. I'm guessing that's a no thank you. Now, we'll keep an eye on this. We will definitely keep an eye on this. Will the drones be big, giant 767s eventually will we be flying the pilotless friendly skies i'm thinking it could happen now coming up in the next two hours again we'll keep an eye on this situation this news about the north korea and the missile ready nukes that they are allegedly making uh we lost a legend in movies there's also a story about a canadian man who who i guess you could call him snake bit and when you hear why uh, you'll understand Plus, Chelsea Clinton stuck her foot in her mouth. Garth Brooks did something wonderful. And if we have time, we'll get to William Shatner facing off against the social justice warriors. He used to be their hero. Remember when he fought for the first interracial kiss on television? Shatner said it has to happen. 
He's been a lifelong hero of the social justice warriors. And now they're mad at him. They want him to put on the red jersey and be teleported down to the, the planet below. You Star Trek geeks understood that one. We'll be right back. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.